Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. Before things get started today, we got really exciting news. Alexander Shia, a great friend and author, is coming to town next week, and he is going to be here on Thursday night, 7 p.m., secret location, pop-up event for anything but Black and White, New Abbey, and a lot of other great organizations. If you want to know more information, find us on social media. At New Abbey Church. Uh, or at anything with black and white on Instagram. Message us to get the location. It's going to be an incredible night. Alexander Shia is the man. He knows so many things, and he's just a beacon of of knowledge that uh, I didn't even know existed. So if you want to be around a wise sage, meet some cool people in L.A., um, and hang out with us, then message us on Instagram or email us or find us walking down the street. Or call Corey's cell phone at 818. Ah, that would have been great if I knew your number by heart. Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are starting our Advent series today. Uh, This is so exciting. We just wrapped up Exodus. We're jumping right into Advent. Uh, We're going to be reading later out of Matthew 2 and talking about the birth of Jesus. But before we get started, I have this question for you all. And that is, what do you think about when you think about Christmas? So the question for you is, what do you think about when you think about Christmas? That's a good question. Wow, who came up with that? So um, also, we didn't record Sunday. So Corey and I are doing a re-record of the sermon together, and it's going to be fun and conversational. You can cut that out if you want. I think we definitely leave that part in there now. (laughs) We stare at each other in the awkward silence. (laughs) Through the microphones. Through the microphones. And I think that everyone will enjoy this part. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's usually different, so I wanted people to know why all of a sudden your voice was there. Yeah, that's fair. So what I think about when I think about Christmas, this is interesting because I was talking about this on Sunday. After working at a large church for a while, I think the first thing I think about when I think about Christmas is like stress, like Mm -hmm. long hours, like this is hustle time for for church work. Um, You know, like they kind of refer to it as like, this is our Super Bowl, (laughs) you know, like it's like long hours and stress. So I think I'm like re, I'm rediscovering what I think about when I think about Christmas because New Abbey is, is not that. We only have one laser show. Only one. Not four. One time. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I, maybe I haven't even thought about that in a while because it's been five years since I left the larger church thing, right? Yeah. Seven Christmas services starting <laughs> yeah. on Thursday, going through Sunday. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I do remember, yeah, that was very 
stressful and like a ton of time consumption and energy and like every pastor in the world was crossing their fingers that they didn't yeah. get picked to preach the next Sunday yeah, right? Exactly. or New Year's when they like know like no one in the world's yeah. gonna be there so you get like a guest speaker or you're like and the junior high pastor is speaking this week <laughs> that's sad yeah but, but that's true well and yeah. then I feel like I spent I've spent the last like four years just praying that Christmas wasn't on a Sunday is it on a Sunday this year? I think it was on a Sunday last year. Oh, okay. Which was like worked out perfectly yeah, for me. That did work out perfectly <laughs> for you. What do you know? Uh, I, for for me, what I think about when I think about Christmas is there's been this like long season of like trying to like reclaim words, right? We talk about that a lot in New Abbey, where there was a long time in life where people were like, oh, I'm not, I'm not even gonna say I'm I'm Christian anymore. I'm not even sure about like saying Jesus or like what does Christmas mean. And for me, it's like, well, how do we reclaim that? I, I want to say Jesus and I want to say without blushing. Mm-hmm. And but when I say it, I don't want people to say, oh, he's living or they're saying something very different. And that's actually interesting and compelling to me. Or when they say Christian or even for Christmas for me, like Christmas feels like domesticated in some way. Yeah. Um, or like really bland. And I'm like, oh, no, like this story is like deep and compelling and interesting. Um, and I feel like I'm just starting to reclaim that in a different way over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, I was just having this conversation with someone, too, about this idea that I am I'm feeling more proud than I ever have to be a Christian um, to be a part of this faith tradition. But saying you're a Christian feels like comparable to saying, like, I'm from California, but someone from Modesto and someone from San Francisco have very different ideas of what it means to be a Californian, right? So you, it's it's this blanket word that, yeah, I get nervous sometimes to throw out and be like, Jesus is the reason for the season, you know? People are going to think of, I think, a very specific specific set of beliefs that I don't actually hold. I kind of like that. that I was sense. walking into Vons yesterday, and there's these people having me, you know, like they sign everything mm-hmm. for like the different ballots that are coming up. Do you know there's a ballot to split up our state into three states? <clears throat> And they're I feel like, like there's always that one. I know. I kind of support it. I, well, there you go. See? Because <laughs> when I say I'm California, it means something different. Yeah. If you're from Southern California or Northern California or Central California. So there you go. I guess I like your analogy. That makes sense. Yeah. That's my story of Vons. Yeah. yeah Choose to read it. You might as well, huh? The passage? Yeah. It's long. I'll read it for you if you don't want to read it. If you want to mix it up. Yeah, you read it. I have a Bible. I don't use Whoa. Like Paper? Yeah. I'm making paper. <laughs> I love when you do pop culture references. Because I'm so relevant. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. those aren't even the words. It's like, what is I'm it? getting. Oh, but, uh, I'm making paper. Well, maybe, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm making See? paper. Yeah. I hope all of this is somehow included <laughs> yeah. still, too. If you can make that work, I think you should do that. Yeah. Without further ado, Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. 
Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their company by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said that the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warmed in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. And that is all of Matthew 2. A round of applause. That was a really good reading. Thank you. Thank you. Did you go to school? I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I was telling Caden that the other day. I went to 20 grades. Think about that. Oh, you did go to grade 20. Yep. <clears throat> job. Thank you. So, um, yes, that is Matthew 2. So this is uh, the story, obviously... Um, of the birth of Jesus, and I was talking about on Sunday, and we've talked about before, actually Alexander Shia was the first person to uh, tell me this, uh, the the reason behind us celebrating Christmas on December 25th, um, given that that was not the day that Jesus was born, but that um, the sort of Celtic Christian tradition understood this idea that if we are to celebrate the light um, coming into the world, we should celebrate it on the darkest day, this winter solstice. Um, when it is the darkest is when the light can be most celebrated coming into the world. Um, and that has literally stuck with me for so long and I haven't stopped thinking about it. And I love that that is my context coming into this Christmas season and thinking about that. And so as I'm reading this passage and understanding the context of, of the reign of, of King Herod and um, sort of this chaos, this this wildness, this darkness, um, which we have no frame for, sort of a reckless political leader. Um, so just imagine mm -hmm. your, your best imagination, okay. if you can, just okay. a wildly reckless mm -hmm. political leader. So- mm -hmm. um, Like Rocket Man? In the chaos. <laughs> 
<laughs> the key- <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. That got me. That got me off guard. Well, uh, so the chaos that creates the darkness that that can 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 happen, and so you have this this sort of ideological idea about this light being born in darkness, and then you have this very practical, tangible, contextual idea about some chaos that's happening in and the birth of Jesus being this beautiful moment. Um, and so as I'm reading the passage and 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 working through all of that, um, one thing that is so fascinating to me and, and stuck out so much and just uh, was worth pausing and reflecting on on Sunday was this idea that uh, something beautiful that is born in chaos, something light that comes out of darkness um, needs to be protected. There's an element that when something that beautiful comes into the world, there's there's a need for for protection and care. And so in this story, you see uh, them take Jesus and hide in Egypt um, and sort of take care of this beautiful thing until it is sort of strong enough and ready and and has been cultivated and and literally King Herod is dead. Um, and, and they come back. And so we talked about um, in the beginning when we asked, what do you think about when you think about Christmas? Uh, we did some response and a lot of people in the room were like talking about stress from their family dynamics, right? What do you think about when you think about Christmas for a lot of people was uncomfortable family conversations or stress or broken relationships or... Um, fractured expectations of what uh, family is, of what going home will be like, of what this encounter is. And a lot of people share that um, when you are when you are experiencing kind of what I feel like a lot of people in our community are experiencing, if we're sort of deconstructing some of our faith, we're reclaiming some of these ideas, we're doing this work and we're kind of evolving and we're, we're going through and, and doing the hard work all through our series in Exodus. We talked about um, sort of doing the work, uh, getting into therapy, getting a spiritual director, processing what's going on in your life. And um, most of us know to be true that when you do work like that, when you process through some of that stuff in your life, something beautiful happens. Um, there is a new light that's been born. You understand your faith in a new way. You you have these things called boundaries that you maybe didn't have before. Um, and all that's very beautiful, but what does it look like to protect that for a season? Um, what does it look like to um, to understand the the importance of surrounding that beautiful thing that had been born and taking it to a place where it can continue to grow um, and getting it away from from the things that want to harm it? And so uh, that's kind of a a, a sort of ethereal idea um, but on a practical level for a lot of people and, and this was a, a, a good chunk of our conversation on Sunday we really talked about what does that mean in terms of interacting with this idea of Christmas as it stands in our context which means interacting with family um, and we had the privilege on Sunday of praying for a, a couple in our community who had recently gotten engaged uh, that weekend this past weekend um, and they were saying that uh, this is two um, beautiful women who have been on their own journey and, and they talked about this idea of, of their need to protect uh, the love that they have for one another, what it means to, to find that, for that to be born out of something dark and chaotic, um, 
and them just saying, yeah, we're going to take a little while to celebrate uh, with just us before we, we even tell our families, right? Um, and we had other people share about uh, the people that they feel like they're becoming uh, is so starkly different from the people that they were raised to be. Um, but they're not quite there yet. So what does it look like interacting with that old place? Because when they go back, they become, you know, they're right back in the place where they were, you know, and they sort of revert to those um, roles and dynamics. And so um, I think it was beautiful to just have a conversation and for this passage to be so okay with saying, yes, on this day, everything changed. Hope had been born. You have this this savior of this world, the, the light um, has been born and everything is different, um, but you still have to protect it. There is still work to be done. God is on your side. God is working with you, but it is still uh, work. There are still things uh, to do. So it, the juxtaposition of having this this hope and this thing to hope for and light in a dark place, but at the same time, that doesn't eradicate the darkness. Um, and what does it look like to to find light, to protect light, and to to be light in our in our communities and in our circles. about the beautiful things that are being born in ourselves that we need to protect as we find beautiful things in each other that we need to protect um, and as we look towards beauty in the world um, my hope is honestly for this community that we would just continue to be the sort of, of people who love fiercely enough to, to bring out light but also realistically enough to understand that there are things out there that threaten it I mean, it does take work to preserve and that work is both individual and communal. So in this season, as we come together, as we join together with families, with chosen family, let's be uh, seekers of and protectors of light. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.